Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahoma's Oklahoma State football podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. As our, uh, our new tradition would have it, we're here doing Twitter Spaces for our post-game podcast. So thank you all for uh, for joining us. Oklahoma State with a 34-17 to victory over Arizona State. A, uh, a very weird game, Jacob. Very, uh, very strange in, uh, in a lot of ways. Um, we're at the point now that, you know, 34-17 doesn't necessarily feel all that uh, all that odd, but it had some uh, just some weird twists and turns, some moments when you felt like the defense couldn't do anything right, uh, and then you get to the end of the day and they only gave up 17 points. Uh, felt like the offense really sputtered at times, and uh, and then they had some some very efficient moments where they put together some really impressive drives and uh, and ran the ball well and did a lot of things. But uh, did you did you feel that way? Am I am I uh, off base with that? That it was kind of an odd game. No, I think I think you're spot on. I I remember thinking that first drive when Arizona State drove right down the field. That uh oh, this uh, this might be a long night because it just. Arizona State went right down there and, and gashed the defense. It looked troublesome, and then they settled down, and Arizona State got nothing the rest of the half. And then they had a big, you know, drive to open open the second half, and it looked more of the same problems. And they settled down again. Um, and so that was strange. You didn't see that a lot last season for that defense. Um, I didn't think Spencer Sanders was very—he uh, was not as dynamic as he was last week, obviously. And that looked at, led to the offense kind of at times looking. Uh, a little shaky, and um, but they settled down too. Dominic Richardson obviously had a great night, and when he when he does what he does, it makes that team really really dangerous um, with all the weapons they have. So that was that was really uh, well. You're right; it's an odd night, but uh, it's obviously a win and something they can keep growing from. Yeah, it was. I mean, as odd as it did feel, uh, by the time you get to the end of it and, and look back. See, like I said, the defense only gave up 17 points. They, uh, you know, that first drive was uh, was really going south on them, and they uh, they stand up and uh, and wall it off and, and force a field goal. Uh, you know, the, the 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 emergence of the running game, I think, was the most probably the most important thing that we saw from Oklahoma State tonight. Um, you know, Mike Gunny talked last week a lot about the difficulty to to run block, the struggles they were having there. Uh, they didn't really try to run the ball a ton. Uh, Dominic Richardson only had nine carries against Central Michigan, and uh, more than half of those came, uh, you know, in the second half when they were trying to run out the clock. So um, to to line up uh, and and really go run the ball and be physical was, I thought, incredibly important. Yeah, you know, when Donald Richardson goes from 9 to 27 carries, it's a good night for a shoot. Um, I was most impressed how strong, much stronger he got after the game. Um, you know, when he talked with them in the second half, his ankle was really bothering him. And we don't know the extent of what he was dealing with, but he left the game for a little while. And the way he 
the way he responded and got stronger and started wearing down Arizona State's defense was so impressive to me. Um, and it opened things up for Ollie Gordon when he came in. Ollie Gordon obviously played really well. And I think, you know, Motion gets that going, and the way Spencer Sanders is running the ball, um, which I think he's that was his most dynamic ability tonight was running the ball. Um, they run like that, they're, they're really tough. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to to follow up on your point about Dominic and, and his late game performance, I think if you go back and and uh, out of his twenty seven carries, if you go find the five best, five most impressive runs that he had. Uh, probably three of them are going to be in the fourth quarter when uh, when Arizona State knew they were going to run the ball. When they knew the run was coming, and, and he found ways to uh, to find creases and make guys miss or run through tackles and uh, and, and make yardage. So that was that was really important. You mentioned he was dealing with that injury, uh, left right before halftime, went in the locker room early, um, then didn't didn't uh, didn't play in the first series after halftime. Um, so you kind of wondered what was going to happen there exactly. Um, but he comes in and, and plays really well. Um, you know, it did, it did feel like, uh, not sure whether it was uh, 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 an issue of physicality or what, but it felt like Ollie Gordon sort of more overtook the number two spot down the, down the stretch over Jaden Nixon. Uh, I think, uh, obviously, with Nixon being more of the smaller, more elusive guy, I, I think they felt like they maybe needed to um, needed to get uh, a little bit more of a power guy in there to, to try to make some plays. And, um, you know, and Gundy mentioned it after the game when he was asked about Ollie Gordon. I mean, the guy just finds a way to make plays when he, uh, when he gets the ball, uh, even if they're not huge plays. His, his, uh, his six yard gain on third and two uh, there right before he scored a touchdown on the reception, that was a big time run. He, he looked like he was pinned in in the backfield, got outside of two guys, turned it up, and, and gained six yards, got a first down. So um, really, uh, really important stuff there. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the defense. I haven't talked much about them. Defensive line, incredible again. I mean, these guys, ju- they just they just keep getting better. Yeah, I, you know, last week I, I, I mentioned this on the previous podcast. They, they kind of disappeared last week, and you didn't see a lot of the defensive line. It was not the case this week. Um, Colin Oliver made big plays. Brock Martin Lacey recovered. Uh, Lacey, Lacey keeps growing exponentially every week, I feel like. like he's a completely different oh, player absolutely. than he was a few years ago. Um, he's almost unblockable. He's a complete monster. And he keeps changing things for this defensive line with his ability to go inside, play on the edge. Um, and he had a huge sack. Also, um, Trace Ford looked like the old Trace Ford tonight. Yeah. Um, leaping up and batting down passes and getting to the quarterback and uh, really just disrupting everything. When you get when you get those guys playing like that on the, the same page at the same time, I mean, my goodness, I don't know, I don't know how you stop how, how you could get past this defensive line um, if you're a quarterback and you know. I, it's it's gotta be a scary thing. Yeah, absolutely. I um, you know, Mike Gundy talked a little bit about it in, in his post game, um, alluding to the fact that, that Tyler Lacey could have gone to the NFL last year, maybe been a late round pick. Um, you know, he's six four, two eighty five, very strong, very physical, very quick off the edge. Um, but you know, going to be in 
fifth or sixth round pick or, or maybe not even getting drafted last year. Instead, he comes back, and I, I feel like he is kind of, in, in, in NFL terms, this year's Malcolm Rodriguez, the guy that's going to make incredible strides that are really going to help him. And I think, I think his ceiling in, term, in terms of an NFL draft prospect is higher than Malcolm's. Obviously, Malcolm's going and doing great things, and he's going to be a starter in Detroit. Um, but he had limitations just in, in, in terms of the draft. Yes. Because uh, he was short, essentially. Um, whereas physically, Tyler is go- going to uh, meet the measurables. Um, so I think, I think that what he is adding to his game this year is uh, is really going to boost his stock from where it would have been if he had left a year ago or uh, or last uh, last spring. And, and props to Tyler. He, he was very honest tonight that the reason he stayed was he was so close to his degree he wanted to finish. Right. Um, and he, yep. knew, he knew he could get better, too, for the NFL. But the, the biggest reason for him was his degree. Um, props to him on that. He's graduated now and um, is ready to, to take that next step. So that, that's really cool to see. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, obviously, we talk a lot about the defensive line, and, and they're just stellar. Uh, the big key for this uh, for this defense, though, is going to be the growth of the back seven. Uh, I think we saw some progress uh, tonight. Uh, still not where they want to be. Still, a lot of young guys or, or new starters. Uh, I mean, it's uh, it's hard to, to call. You know, it's a bunch of juniors and seniors in this in in the back seven, but uh, so many of them that are you know, making their second or third career start at this point. Um, but Derek Mason said he thought uh, thought the communication was better. He saw fewer mistakes. Um, you know, they they had they had moments when it just felt like nothing could go right for them uh, on two or three drives. Uh, but overall, this uh, this defense was really solid overall, and I think that back seven um, still has a lot of room to grow. And I think that they're going to make a lot of progress. You. Uh, do you see um, do you see a promising future for that group, Jacob? Yeah, you know it's it's just they're just getting out of position with communication still just a little, um, you know. But I think it still feels correctable. It doesn't feel like this is hopeless, even though at times you're right. I could see why they thought nothing could go right because they were getting burned at times. But you know, it's just it's a talented group. Um, the safeties are talented. Even though Kendall Daniels didn't play as much as last week, um, Shawn Michael Flanagan, I thought, played overall pretty well. Um, right. You know, and Thomas Harper made some plays. Jason Taylor doesn't really miss tackles. He had, he had right. problems on the long reception to open the third quarter, but, uh, you know, it was kind of an angle issue more than he could just get the guy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And so, you know, I think that's, that's, that's a good sign of progress. You know, I thought the linebackers were good tonight. They didn't anything glaring that jumped out to me that said, no, nah, they're not playing very well. Um, you know, which is a big step because last week there were times Xavier Benson struggled and was out of, out of, out of place. And uh, that led to some issues. But I didn't seem like those guys were making quite as many mis- miscommunication mistakes. Yeah, definitely seemed to be heading in the, in the right direction on the defensive side of the ball. So, um, and now um, – now they've basically got two weeks of uh, of, of uh, practice and uh, self reflection. Uh, you got Arkansas Pine Bluff next, uh, a team that barely beat a Division two team in their uh, in their season opener. Uh, they routed an NAIA team 
um, I, uh, only because I, I guess the high school team wasn't willing to come play them. Tulsa Union might push them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. But but anyway, um, you know, it's a, a, a below average FBS, uh, FCS team coming to Stillwater next week. Um, you think it's a, a good opportunity to, uh, uh, you know, to get some backups in, get Gunnar Gundy and, and Garrett Rangel some action, things like that. So um, that's uh, that's going to be the most important part of uh, of that, and then and then an open week before uh, before heading to Baylor. So um, you know, it's a, a lot of development time now. Now you've got two games under your belt, and uh, and you have a chance to go and. And try to make yourself better. So I think that's the uh, that's the most important thing over the next two weeks before they go and and take on a Baylor team that, uh, as of this very moment, may or may not be uh, beating BYU. I'm not sure where that yeah. game stands. It's in overtime as we speak, or it might be over by now. But we've been talking and haven't had a chance to keep yeah. up. So, um, but still, regardless, a big game for Oklahoma State on October 1st. That's uh, that's the next big moment for this team. So. Um, I think uh, we're we, we're here at the car. We've uh, we've made our trip from the stadium to the parking garage. Uh, so that brings the cowboy walk and talk to an end. But but not without me first asking, what is the most important thing I forgot? Bryson Green, of course. Absolutely, forgot. he had a huge night. A he did night, a career night, and he had the flea flicker touchdown reception. He did um, that that which, and that and that play was incredibly well designed. Uh, obviously, it did looked like a little bit of a bust in coverage by Arizona State, but uh, to get the underneath guy that wide open was really impressive. Yeah, it, and the thing about it was it was like, right, everything you talked to with OSU, Arizona State had the right play called. They just didn't execute it. They sent three guys with Braden Johnson and left Bryson Green wide open, and he told me, he said, the hardest part was I was so open and it was raining, I just knew that I had to <laughs> slow down and catch the ball. Because yes. of everything that could go wrong with that, he hasn't been that open since he said probably high school, and <laughs> it's just he called it butt naked open, which was hilarious. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think Bryson Green is definitely someone we overlooked in this brief, brief chat here. And uh, you know, he had a huge game and has really started to develop. All right, well done, Jacob. That will do it for uh, for this podcast slash Twitter Spaces. We'll be back or for our Tuesday night. Uh, podcast, uh, which turns into a YouTube video that you can catch when we do our show live from Stone Cloud Brewing Company here in Stillwater. Uh, so uh, until then, we appreciate all of the uh, the listeners, whether you're here on Twitter Spaces or on the podcast channel. Thank you very much, and we will talk to you soon. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.